Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And Tide fans, have we got a treat for you. We have Isaac with Aggie Up Podcast uh, representing Utah State on with us tonight. And he tells us everything that we need to know to prepare ourselves for Saturday's contest. Utah State's not a team that necessarily we see a lot or know a lot about. Uh, I'm sure many of you watch them on week zero. I found that to be uh, just an incredibly entertaining game. And there's a lot of things that I walked away from that game uh, really excited for Utah State and excited about Alabama and the opportunity we'll have uh, to line up against them and see what we can do uh, against this opponent. We talk a lot about that in the interview. And so, Buckle up, get your popcorn ready, and here is Isaac with Utah State. Welcome back, Tide fans, and have we got a treat for you. We've got Isaac with Aggie Up. Isaac, how you doing this evening? Doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on, taking a minute. Man, I want to I, I wanna say something, you know, about the exciting start of the football season and all that, but you did that last week, right? You're a week ahead of everybody. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of fun to play week zero and uh, get football started a week earlier. You know, we're I think we're as I you know I think Aggie fans are used to kind of that first big game over Labor Day weekend. You know, every year it's kind of the same, but uh, starting a week earlier was uh, was cool, and um, you know, getting a win was was great. Maybe hopefully, I guess, uh, knocking off some of that rust. Uh, but, uh, first game jitters. So, you know, all the, of all the sort of the coaching speak and, and mantras, you know, one of the ones that I've yeah. always heard, you've heard it too. And I'm sure it's been on newspapers all over uh, Logan. Uh, but uh, you know, teams make their, their most improvement between weeks uh, one and two, and you guys had a good outing. There are things on tape that need to be addressed. Right. And so there's a lot of opportunity to address that, improve and a lot of confidence that uh, that the Aggies will have. Uh, coming into the game this weekend. So that's that's super exciting. Talking about sort of coach speak and, you know, the the, the vision that the team has, talk to us about head coach uh, Blake Anderson. I think he's in his second year. Uh, is that right? And he's done quite a turnaround job. Last year, his first year, winning uh, Utah State's first ever Mountain West Championship, which is phenomenal. And then uh, during the, the COVID year, shortened season, uh, but only a one-win season for the Aggies. And uh, last year, he he really piled up a, a whole a whole slew of wins, eleven and three. Uh, last year, a really good uh, a really good season, and a lot of foundation to build from. Talk about Blake and, and sort of the energy he's brought to the program. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. I mean, uh, it goes without saying that Utah State has never won a Mountain West championship until last year. So that in itself, um, as much as people like to look back at Gary Anderson and Matt Wells and they both left for bigger jobs and different things like that. And really Gary Anderson didn't even coach in the mountain West his first time with Utah state, but, but regardless, um, you know, that was a huge accomplishment to go to San Diego state, to go to California and beat San Diego state, which was ranked at the time 
big, big game to, uh, you know, to win in the Mountain West championship game. And really they did it in, in an interesting way. And, and, you know, it wasn't that different from, um, you know, the game on Saturday, it just seems like this team and this coaching staff knows how to win. And they really were able to, uh, to turn things around quick and, uh, you know, create that, I guess that foundation or that mentality of, of, uh, you know, winning team in a program, uh, even though they took so many transfers from other schools and kind of mishmash the guys coming back, you know, they were able to, to put that all together. And then this year's no different. There's a couple guys that are coming in um, is really one year transfers, but there's also a lot of guys that are going to be here multiple years that transferred either, you know, guys from Utah or guys from, you know, programs like Texas and Alabama that will be here for multiple years. And, um, and so I think everybody's excited for the future as well, because really it's not just a flash in the pan kind of one year wonder in, in our opinions. Um, but he's Blake Anderson has shown that he's a great coach and, and can, can create that winning mentality that can win for years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You said something there that, uh, you know, the team knows how to win. And you'll hear a lot of coaches say winning's hard. And uh, you go and you play and, and it's easy to get down and stay down. Uh, and the announcers made a big point. And again, like you said, it played out uh, Saturday. They were down. And uh, the announcers kept saying, don't count them out because they half the games last year, they came back from, you know, double digits or, or whatever. And there's a there's a, a personality that's hard to build into a team, especially overnight, you know, in, in one season. And so that's really impressive. And, and you've talked about and there's a couple of guys that uh, I was noticing that had transferred in from from other programs. And, uh, you know, and, and I credit, you know, Coach Anderson a lot with this. It's one thing to go try to get a bunch of guys. It's another thing to actually get them and then get the right guys that you're shopping for the right guys they're going to bring uh, and build your culture, not just a name that might help you win a game, but that they're going to help you build a culture. And, and, and so my segue there, uh, and you probably can guess where I'm going, uh, transfer from Arkansas State, uh, super senior uh, quarterback, Logan, uh, Logan Bonner. Talk to us about, uh, about Bonner. Yeah, Logan Bonner is just a Texas kid that's uh, a baller. Like, I think out of the womb, he was probably throwing a football and, and it's just so smart and savvy and tough. Like, he's just that cowboy out there, not the biggest guy, not the, you know, biggest arm or whatever you want to say, you know. Um, but I think, uh, you know, really what he brings to the table is that winning mentality, that leadership that experience really um even though at arkansas state he had some injury troubles he had he was actually co-starter and they kind of rotated guys in even last year the first game of the season they were rotating in and out he didn't play the whole game so he's just he's seen a lot in his seven years it sounds insane to say it it's his seven years of college football but he uh, because of injuries and covid He's a seventh-year senior. Wow. Well, he had three touchdowns, almost 300 yards Saturday. And, you know, after a couple of maybe early throws, shaking the rust off, 
Uh, he seemed to really know where to put the ball and was not afraid to pull the trigger. There were guys not open when he threw the ball, but he had the confidence in his fellas uh, that they were going to, that they were going to be in a spot and uh, nearly just about every time they were, Uh, he definitely, uh, definitely is one to watch. And uh, is a guy, you know, even as an, you know, an Alabama fan and opponent Saturday, he's a guy that, that I have a lot of respect for watching him play. I think I watched him in the bowl game last year. And it's like, this guy just, he's just born to play. And uh, I don't know what sort of opportunity he will or won't get, but dude's going to stay in football. He's going to be a coach somewhere, I guess, is, is, uh, is, is where I would predict. I think, uh, I think his, his, he has a, a future ahead of him, certainly in the game. You know, playing from Bonner, I noticed, and, and you can help me sort of round this out, yeah. but a trio of wide receivers uh, really played well on Saturday. Uh, Brian Cobbs, uh, you know, I think probably the number one. He had the most receptions. Uh, uh, Kyle Van Leeuwen, uh, a little undersized. You might not see him come off the bus and, and expect much, but um, always getting open. Uh, a tough guy, and then almost the other end of the spectrum, you know, 6'6", uh, huge catch radius, uh, Justin McGriff. Boy, he, he, he looks like a player. Uh, help, help me help us understand those guys maybe a little bit more, and who do we leave off the list? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Justin McGriff. He's a, he's a guy that came from a JUCO, and really, he I think he was just learning the position. You know, he wasn't highly recruited out of, out of high school or anything, went the JUCO route. Did pretty well there, but but came to Utah State as a relative unknown, and and really has has gotten coached up and has had a decent. You know, last year had a good chance to get some experience. He wasn't counted on to be the guy necessarily, and really started out a little bit slow. But um, but yeah, when you throw in a guy out of the transfer portal like Brian Cobbs, who's going to catch a ton of balls this year. I mean, he's going to be the go go to guy. Just a a guy that's not undersized, a guy that's tough, can get yards after the catch and and really go up and catch catch those uh, contested balls as well. Even though you know at six two may not sound as as uh, as great as six six, but he's going to be a really really um, you know go to guy. What's interesting for for Alabama fans, uh, if if you remember Xavier Williams, he yep. transferred from Alabama is back up on the depth chart. He, he got some time, I think, uh, on Saturday, but really not much because Justin McGriff is, is a staple on the, on the outside. Cobbs is a staple on the outside. And then sometimes they have two, at least one, sometimes two slot receivers in the game with Kyle Van Leeuwen who saw the most catches, but then, They've got Davis and Vaughns and Williams, who are also guys that could rotate in as kind of that fourth, fourth or fifth receiver for that matter. But I mean, that'll tell you something. I mean, Xavier Williams, a guy that that got a little bit of time at Alabama, highly recruited guy, um, isn't isn't jumping those you know Cobbs or McGriff by any means to get that starting role or be that go to guy. So no, that's true. And uh, you know, Williams is really really fast. Uh, he's a he's yeah. a speedy receiver and. That was sort of the asset that uh, that we hope uh, in Alabama to cash in uh, from him, but but he moved on, and uh, you know as the season progresses, I, I predict he'll he'll have some opportunity there with you guys. I noticed that talked about the you know the scheme maybe a little bit, you know a lot of four wide receivers. I don't know if that was the opponent or just the game plan, and really wide splits uh, outside the numbers, almost out of bounds, uh, just inside the field. 
uh, creates a lot of of width to defend. Uh, you know, talk about the uh, the approach there and the, that type of uh, schematic. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the mo. They're not going to change too much from that. Uh, you know, that they're not going to go. You know, put Bonner under center or anything like that very often at all. Um, they're not going to run. You know, multiple tight ends or. They're never going to really have a fullback in the backfield other than, you know, maybe a goal line situation or something. They actually ran that when they were pinned back uh, with a fullback few, you know, few uh, plays. But for the most part, yeah, they're going to they're going to go as wide as possible. They're going to spread the field out as much as possible. And and what I like, even even a guy like, um, you know, the Aggies have had some good play callers in the past. Josh Heupel, Alabama fans are very are very familiar with. Yep. He they've had a lot of good offensive coordinators, great assistants. Um, but really, I what I like about this system is not only is it wide, but it's also all three levels. You know, you're not just running bubble screens every play and you're not just going deep every play. Um, Mike Sanford was an offensive coordinator here and I felt like he was either he was going deep on every every passing route and it's like you gotta you gotta mix it up yeah. so I think this this uh, you know there was definitely some clamors in the uh, in the crowd for more passes because it felt like UConn wasn't stopping Utah State as far as passing the ball um, but they stuck with the run they ran the ball pretty well especially at, at times they had a couple fumbles and a couple, you know, kind of missed assignments and different things. But for the most part, they ran the ball pretty well and they're not going to go away from that, even though they are a really good passing team and have some, some weapons on the outside, they're going to try to, uh, to be a balanced team. So that's what you can expect on Saturday. I don't think they're going to go away completely from the run. Um, even though they may be miss, you know, outmatched for the, uh, on the line of scrimmage at times um, against Alabama or somebody like that, they're not going to go away from it by any means. No, I, you know, the, the, the wide, the split, the wide splits, especially outside the numbers reminds me uh, a little bit of what Mississippi state does. And, uh, uh, and it, and it's, it's almost strange to the eye when you first see it. Uh, But you know, you kind of, you get used to it. And uh, one of the things that, and you mentioned the running game and even the tight end, one of the things that, that you guys do very differently than Mississippi State is is because they'll just line up and pass the ball, you know, 50 times. Uh, uh, we spoke with them last year. They didn't have a tight end on the roster. And so uh, and so that that tells you and they, and they almost never run run the ball. And you guys are very active uh, in the running game. Talk about the and I want to talk about the individual players. But uh, do you think their strategy and the TV folks kept talking about it? Do you think their strategy in in running the ball uh, against a, a team like Connecticut to take advantage of the altitude is that real or is that TV talk? I mean, that's a little. That's that's mostly TV talk. I think. I, I mean, I think, and and you really saw that in a few games last year that you know uh, the Aggies really stayed close on it with some teams, even some teams like UNLV that really what, you know, they weren't, I guess they, they weren't really by any means, one of the better teams in the mountain West last year. Um, but the Aggies really wore them down at the end of the season last year, or at the end of the end of the game last year. And were able to, to win that game in the end because they wore them down and the Aggies go fast. They go, yep. they're going to run plays. They're going to get to the line of the scrimmage quick. 
Um, they're not always going to just snap it and snap it. And, and, you know, you see some of these hurry up offenses that just repeat the same play over and over. Right. You're not going to see that as much as you're going to see him hurry up to the, to the line of scrimmage Bonner. We've already mentioned he's a, he's a coach on the field. If he, um, if he has a run play called or a pass play called, that really doesn't mean anything. He's going to run the best play. He's going to hand the ball off. If it makes sense, he's going to pull the ball and, and throw it like on that touchdown pass in the first half to uh, Van Leeuwen. That was a called run play, but, but Logan Bonner switched the play and decided, Hey, I can, I can uh, hit Van Leeuwen in the end zone for a touchdown. I'm going to go for it. So that's, that's what, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think. I think you're uh, you're going to see that I guess wearing down teams a lot more in the Mountain West than against like an Alabama. I'm not expecting that to happen by any means, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes it can work into the Aggies' favor, at, you know, with a home game. But at the same time, they're playing teams like Wyoming, Colorado State, Air Force. They're at higher alt- altitudes than Logan, Utah. So ah, okay. uh, it's a it just yeah against. Hawaii, maybe, I don't know. You know, it's yeah, just gonna I'm with be, you. I'm with you. Just no, I, I kept hearing that, and I was like, "All right, I get it." But is it real? Yeah. And uh, so no, it's 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 definitely one of those exaggerations of, um, just like the exaggerations of like the Aggies <laughs> have some return missionaries that are older, and BYU has those guys, you know, that are a little a couple years older because they went on a mission. Things like that are are always kind of an exaggeration because, like. Sometimes it can be an advantage for an offensive lineman to go on a mission for two years and then come back, but also it can be a disadvantage, you know, there's always those kind of side stories that the TV guys love to hype up, but the elevations probably not, probably didn't, didn't have that big of an effect on UConn or somebody. So no, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I'm hung up on, on the receivers. I was really impressed. Uh, yeah. with the passing game I probably would have been in the stands cheering for more passes because uh, no, it sure. was it was just an impressive passing game I like the uh, sort of the two-man combo routes uh, and our young secondary uh, especially some some new starters at uh, at the corner positions <clears throat> or corner position um, I think they, uh, they they might learn the hard way on a, on a couple of these plays and so yeah. uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, certainly fun to watch and I think uh, I think the Aggies are going to have some success there. I do want to talk about the running backs. Uh, it looked like uh, Calvin Tyler was was the go to guy uh, two years ago in from uh, transfer from uh, Oregon State, but he had uh, 33 carries, 161 yards, and, and a touchdown. Uh, talk about the leadership he brings to the position. Yeah, he's got a lot of a uh, lot of experience. He's played a lot. He played a lot of at Oregon state. And obviously last year he, he got like, some great experience. He's a really patient runner. Um, same thing. Some people in the, in the crowd obviously think they know better than him and say, you know, hit the hole faster and don't wait and don't kind of don't try to juke guys or don't try to run over guys, but he's a physical runner and he likes contact. He likes to uh, take his time and be patient, let the play develop and different things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and he's getting the ball on, you know, from the, uh, shotguns, you know, snap and, and handoff that sometimes, uh, can be a little bit tricky to, to, for the defense to kind of see, well, is it a handoff? Is it a run? What, it, what are they going to do? So that's, you know, he's definitely a guy that has tons of experience. And then really the, 
number two guy on Saturday, uh, Briggs is a true freshman. So he has no experience and no really, I mean, being fourth on the depth chart and kind of a, a, an afterthought, I don't think anyone expected him to come in and score a touchdown, catch some passes and run really well um, on Saturday. So that's, that's going to be kind of a fun side story that, you know, a backup running back is, uh, is going to be that Robert Briggs is a, is a true freshman. So. Yeah. I thought uh, he's, he's a little, he's, you know, a little smaller, but, uh, but he played physical. He played like a bigger back. Yeah. He's a ball. uh, ball. He just bounces off guys and hides behind his offensive line. He had a couple of really good runs. Yeah. Very elusive 85 yards, uh, you know, on 10 carries. Uh, And then Tyler, for my money, I, you know, very quick feet, uh, change of direction. He bounced it out a couple times, and I said, "Wow, that that's gonna that's gonna eat anybody up." Uh, you know, suck in the the defenders, and he bounced it. And if you're not setting the edge and persisting, uh, boy, he, if he gets the outside, uh, he can really do some damage. Uh, they, there was talk of an injured running back. Am I am I getting that right? Talk about uh, that player, and might he be back Saturday? Well, um, John Gentry's not, I mean, he's a little bit bigger guy. Um, you know, he's more like a five ten instead of five six. So he's not quite the, uh, the bowling ball. Um, Jordan Wilmer's Wilmore is a transfer from, uh, he transferred from Utah and then he transferred to Fresno state. And now he transferred to Utah state. He's transferred two times. So, um, you know, those two guys are, were kind of the experienced guys that they, we're expecting to, to share, share the load with Calvin Tyler. And you saw it on Saturday, Calvin Tyler got a little tired. You know, you need a second guy to come in and come in there and, and, uh, and do some things. But I mean, I think from what, for my money, I mean, I think Robert, Robert Briggs showed that he can be that backup, backup running back. So I'm not expecting that to change unless, Unless, uh, you know, even if Will Moore and Gentry are, are healthy. So I guess yeah. we'll see. No, he looks good. Out. Definitely a breath of, of fresh air on Saturday. Talk about the offensive line, uh, mostly upperclassmen. Who are some of the leaders up front? Yeah, I mean, former uh, walk-on uh, named Chandler Dolphin is the center. Um, he's a guy that um, I think everybody just kept counting out and expected him never to, to really – you know, take over as the starter or anything like that. But he he did really well last year. They kind of got a, a two guys that are basically starters because of how they uh, both played at guard a little bit. Um, the backup, his last name's Alo ALO. And um, he started some games at center last year and Dolphin started a few of the games. Alo got injured. That's why Dolphin stepped in and did pretty well. But the guy you really, I mean, the guy, the, the best kind of NFL prospect and best um, player on that offensive line is Alfred Edwards, number 72. He's a guy that's been starting since his freshman year. Hmm. Um, just a mountain of a, of a guy. I mean, six, seven, 325 at least. Um, so he's, he's really got that experience shown that he's the, the leader of that group as far as um if not verbally for sure in his in his play he's he's been been pretty solid and even with all the changes last year and throughout the years he's been a constant and he's a, he's at that left tackle spot is that right left tackle, yeah 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 
Very good. Very good. Hey, let's flip the field and, uh, you know, looking at the roster and looking at the positions, uh, help, help me with, help, help me maybe a little bit, our Alabama fans, uh, with the scheme, a couple of things, yeah. uh, stand out. Uh, I see, uh, help me with the names, Kaleo Neves at striker and Hunter Williams at Rover. Uh, I think that might mean some sort of strong safety outside linebacker at striker and, and maybe yeah. a slot corner or nickel at Rover. Both are about, you know, one's 95, one's 200. Uh, so they're sized similarly in terms of weight. Talk about the scheme and maybe the versatility yeah. that the Rover and striker provide. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a kind of an interesting um, defense, a kind of a unique scheme, I would say, uh, because um, I think Utah State fans were originally really used to just kind of the that traditional three, four defense. Um, but I think Utah state's per, both personnel and kind of style of defense with talk about the scheme and maybe the versatility yeah. that the Rover and striker provide. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a kind of an interesting, um, defense, a kind of a unique scheme, I would say, uh, because, um, I think Utah State fans were originally really used to just kind of the that traditional three four defense, um, but I think Utah State's per, both personnel and kind of style of defense with with Coach Banda I think has has changed to uh, really Nevi, Nevis um, Reynolds and Hall. Really, you've got at least three um, guys that are kind of safety type players. And um, instead of kind of going to a, a third corner or a nickel or a dime, you know, sometimes they're kind of going to mix and match some of those players, some of those guys that can run and, and make plays. You saw Reynolds had an interception and uh, Ike Larson, who's actually the backup safety, had an interception as well cornerback to watch number 12 Johnny Carter he's a guy that day he stepped on the on the practice field he was just a contributor on special teams a guy with super high energy um, he's actually played that safety position and, and wide receiver actually started as wide receiver but when they saw him so so much on special teams making tackles they decided to switch him to uh, outside linebacker which is really not an outside linebacker. Like I say, the you know size of a you know one ninety five two hundred pound outside linebacker. It's it's really a safety, but um, but anyway, he's he's the starter at one of the corners and has a little bit more size than the other side. The other side's going to rotate between a guy that's about five nine five eight um, in number twenty two or number twenty one. Uh, those guys are really experienced, but they're just a little bit smaller. I mean, they're just they just don't have the size that a that a, a Johnny Carter has um, six foot plus. And a Johnny Carter was the guy that, uh, if you remember the fumble strip from behind that uh, that a Johnny Carter got, he was the guy that that did that. So Johnny Carter is really a playmaker, but I think the other side. Um, I get, especially against a team like Alabama would be the, the concern if I were uh, kind of looking at one, one weakness, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, it, you mentioned a range of players, a range of, of position uh, positions and, and the impression that I got watching the game 
is uh, like watching a basketball team that plays a lot of forwards. Uh, it's yeah. a lot of versatile players, a lot of length. Yeah. Uh, they can play outside. There's a range of talent, but a lot of overlapping talent. And so I, it, yeah. and, and that's sort of the image, the mental image that I got. A lot of guys that can move around, line up, play a lot of different positions. They all kind of, you know, structurally are built similar, uh, but they're all effective. Uh, and yeah. uh, a, a lot of physicality. Uh, it seems to be a trademark of of uh, the Ags. Talk about yeah, and you, you saw that a lot on the defensive line too. Like third yeah. and long, they were they were uh, taking out all the defensive tackles and and kind of stereotypical DNs even, um, and they were playing all all you know outside linebacker rush pass rusher kind of guys. And uh, even in the middle of the defense, you know, they were, they were playing three or four pass pass rushers, let alone the kind of nickel dime package. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something you're going to see. They're going to take out those 300, you know, 280, 290, 300 pounders um, at times on the defensive line and just play with guys that are quicker. Yeah. It it was very impressive. Uh, And again, physical active to the football uh, you know, wherever Connecticut, you know, went, went, went with the ball, there was a host of Aggies, you know, tracking them down. Uh, got out of sorts on the run fits a, a couple of times. Uh, that's film. I think uh, that's one of those things that week one to week two sort of gets cleaned up. And uh, I really like the middle linebacker who just listing players. But uh, that MJ, yeah. uh, is it uh, Tafisi? Ten tackles, a lot of shared uh, tackles, but uh, he was active around the ball. Just another of those names, another of those players that Alabama fans should be thinking about because uh, uh, I thought the defense was was aggressive, uh, very active, great pursuit to the football, uh, and that really speaks to not only the players but the coaching and the scheme. I think there's a lot of good yeah. to see there. Yeah, you saw MJ Tafisi fill that hole a few times and just meet the running back and knock him on his butt backwards, yeah. you know, um, which is was not a bad running back by any means. Um, but yeah, MJ Tafisi, he's been doing that since he was in high school here in the state of Utah. He's a solid kid that can definitely do that. That's what he does. You know, he's a run-stopping guy at, at, at uh, linebacker. Um, AJ Vong Pachan is a little bit more of the um, you know, outside linebacker rover kind of mold where, you know, he's he's gonna run around and he's gonna he's gonna be sideline to sideline. He's sometimes even gonna guard a tight end and different things like that. Those are kind of the the two inside backers to watch for. And and I think for Aggie fans, I think they're hoping that uh, the MJ Tafisi sees that running back in the hole more often than uh, than Alabama can kind of get to that second level and block him. Um, because if you can, if they can get a, a tight end or offensive lineman on Tafisi, then it's going to be a, a nice gain uh, yeah. on the ground. So, talk about uh, you know we talked about the success that Utah State has has had. And, and a lot of excitement coming into this game, coming off of last week. What's the mindset uh, of the team, or do you think the, the fan base? Uh, you know, we've, we've built, we're building, we love what we've got. We know who we are. We're winning this conference. We want to win it again. We came out of the gates against Connecticut, and now we've got Alabama in front of us, which, you know, might be a horse of a different color. What sort of what, – what, what's the mindset, do you think, of the team and fan base? 
Um, I mean, the mindset of the the team is definitely it's it's just another game. Um, I think this team, for the most part, you know, we've talked about some of the guys. I think they love love to play football. Like, and they're they're trying to get the most out of their their uh, career and their uh, their opportunities. You know, I think a lot of them are hungry. You know, going into their last season and different things like that. So, I think the the team, which is a good combination, so. Uh, Utah State for years has played a, a game like this, kind of a money game, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, they played Tennessee, they played, um, you know, they played Auburn, they played, um, you know, teams like Texas A&M and Washington and, and USC. They played all over the place kind of as a money game or to start out the season, even LSU a couple of years ago that was kind of fell in the middle of this season, weird enough, I, I like the mentality of this team a lot more than that. Uh, or sometimes we saw in years past, because yeah, sometimes yeah. in years past, uh, they kind of just gave it an effort, you know, and, and they wanted to make it close and they wanted to put it, put their best foot forward. But at the end of the day, it wasn't necessarily like they weren't necessarily going all out to pulling out all the stops to uh it just didn't seem like they were really really 100 percent invested in that game they were thinking more about like hey it's a long season this is the first game we're not going to show all our cards or we're not gonna get guys injured or whatever the case may be right um so i like the mentality of this coaching staff this team that they're gonna put everything into it but at the same time um it's a football game like at the end of the day you're just gonna you know strap it on and, and play as hard as you can. So. Fantastic. Are you making the trip? I'm not. I really wish I was at a last second, not last second, but like a, a family reunion, family commitment sure. come up. So unfortunately I'm really disappointed that I can't make it. I'm going to have to uh, either come to a different Alabama game or something to check that off the bucket list because what I went to the LSU game a few years ago and it was, definitely one of the top top experiences that i've that i've seen in college football so that's that's awesome. a that's a unique place down there in uh baton rouge and uh and the tailgating and uh and all we're really proud of what we do in tuscaloosa but they do they do something a little different and we appreciate that <laughs> yeah so let me get you out of here on an easy one uh a fun one isaac who's your favorite aggie favorite aggie oh my gosh um on the current team definitely um you know, Logan Bonner's a, a easy, easy choice, but also Johnny Carter, that number 12, that plays cornerback. He's just so fun to watch. Um, so I think I would go with a Johnny Carter or maybe even Brian Cobbs. He's, he's a new guy. So it's hard to choose, but, um, but those are three guys that are definitely, uh, definitely my favorite guys right now, now to watch. And I think, um, I think all three of those guys, I think can, uh, can can give Alabama a run for their money maybe at times and and make it a, a fun game to watch on Saturday. So there you have it, Tide fans. Isaac just said the Utes, uh the oh watch me the Ags are the Ags are gonna give Alabama a run for their money. See, I'm tripping <laughs> over my own joke. So <laughs> fantastic. Isaac, thank you so much uh for yeah. joining us. This has been a fun conversation. Congratulations on the Love win it. uh last last weekend. And uh, we really respect what uh, Blake is doing there, Coach Blake, 
and uh, what the team is building. Uh, it's an exciting time to be uh, an Aggie fan, and yeah. we're excited to have you guys come to come to Tuscaloosa this weekend. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. Okay. See ya. And welcome back, Alabama fans, from uh, the interview. That was Isaac with Aggie Up Podcast representing Utah State. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, listening to that as much as we enjoyed uh, talking with Isaac and uh, learning a little bit more about Utah State. Uh, sometimes I, I, I interview these teams, I watch these teams, I read a little bit about them, and I can't help but root for them. I can't help but uh, but like them and uh, and hope that they do well over the course of the season. And this Aggie, uh, this Aggie team, there's an, another Aggie team that I maybe don't feel the same about, uh, but this Aggie team is certainly one that I'll be rooting, rooting for after Saturday and uh, wish them well in their conference uh, out in the Mountain West. Uh, appreciate you listening. We love doing these interview shows. Uh, they're a lot of fun. We've sort of ramped them up over the last couple of years, and uh, they've just been uh, a lot of fun, and we hope that you enjoy them too. If you do enjoy them, uh, definitely go to iTunes or your podcast uh, carrier and uh, leave us a review. Let us know how how much you appreciate those. Uh, if you do uh, appreciate those, may these interviews maybe consider joining uh, our support team, or you'll get this interview uh, the night of the interview, as opposed to a couple of days later. We're recording this on Monday. It probably won't hit the streets until Wednesday, uh, but uh, our support team will receive a uh, sort of, we call it the raw version, uh, Monday night. And so if you'd be interested in getting this type of content earlier in the week, uh, that's certainly a, a way of doing that. This is a whole nother show. And so in terms of the expenses that we have, uh, it's a it's another uh, instance of that. And so if you especially enjoy these shows, maybe think about uh, joining our support team and uh, hopping on some of the Zoom calls and uh, helping us grow that part of the uh, podcast uh, universe, if you will. Uh, it's a great bunch of guys, and we have a super great time uh, talking ball on Zoom calls. Uh, we have sort of a chat line, and a handful of us are getting together to go to Tuscaloosa uh, for games. And so the window on that opportunity uh, realistically is closing, uh, but if you jump in, uh, and uh, start participating with us, there's certainly an opportunity uh, for uh, you to catch uh, this season and subsequent seasons when we'll do that. All right, not trying to hard sell. I'm just super excited uh, about that. I'm trying to, trying to convey to you uh, the excitement that I have. If there's any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We're at Alabama Football Podcast uh, on uh, gmail.com. And uh, we're on the Facebook and uh, the Twitters as well. Well, this is it. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Holy cow, it's game week. Uh, and we're all so super excited about that. So roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.